Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And for Jim Smalley today, I'm Josh Lickinson. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today, over 400 hell claims have been filed so far in August, with crop damage significant in many areas. And it looks like this year's crop will be a bumper crop if the weather holds up. As usual, the farm weather is in its spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. Hail adjusters across the prairies are dealing with more than 400 crop damage claims from the first 10 days of August. The president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association, Rick Omolchenko, says there is a significant crop damage in many areas from golf, pie, golf ball-sized hail rather in early August. Since July 1st, there's really been only one day, and I think it was July 10th, that we haven't had a claim reported. Uh, right now, this last week here, there's 400 claims so far uh, coming in and more still coming in. What size of hail and what kind of damage? Uh, there's everything from a half inch to actually golf ball size uh, hail that came down. Uh, a lot of wind again with it and rain. Um, there's even a tornado was in the on the uh, Saskatchewan Manitoba border by Verdon Melita. And what kind of damage? It, again, uh, the storms are like small but very severe in the middle, and they're creating a lot of damage, especially at this stage of growth. The crops are getting affected a lot worse than they did uh, earlier stages. So, but it's not widespread. It's it's very narrow, very small, and then it tapers off really quickly. Which communities in Saskatchewan were hit by hail? We got a, quite a few again, uh, like Lajord, Francis, Neilberg, Senlac, Carlisle, Lemberg, Mydale, Estevan, Torquay, Stoughton Consul, Estevan, Vibank. Uh, you got Lampman, Cutknife, Unity, Norquay, Macklin, Richmond, Maple Creek, Moose Jaw. So quite a, from central south, uh, quite an assortment. So far this summer, the June-July claims, how do they look compared to, say, average? Well, right now, like about June storms are about 98% or 100% done. July storms, you're only in that 50, 60, 70% done with different companies. And uh, August storms are just starting to get adjusted. Based on the five-year average, Alberta is higher than average. Uh, Saskatchewan seems to be about average, and uh, Manitoba is below average. And again, because it's harvest time, you're advising farmers to make sure if they're hit by hail to leave a test trip? Yeah, all the CCHA companies are really stressing, like, please leave adequate test strips, especially if you're harvesting. They have no problem you doing that. Uh, please, and also, if you're uncertain, please call them and get direction, and you have the advice right from the office. Rely, we're trying to get out there as fast as possible. We're still practicing a lot of social distancing and, and making sure everybody is safe. 
and uh, abiding by government guidelines. And so far, it's been a really good season. Uh, no one's really uh, getting sick and affected by the, you know, the COVID this year. Rick Omolchenko is the president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This portion is brought to you by the Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Western Canadian farmers are poised to harvest a bumper crop if the weather holds. FarmLink Marketing Solutions Chief Market Analyst Neil Townsend says recent weather has resulted in a smaller yield forecast. Yeah, I mean, uh, our forecast for the was based on a crop tour results that we finished up on July 31st. So, you know, there has been two weeks of weather since then. Generally speaking, the weather has been hot and relatively dry, although, you know, rain today and yesterday. But uh, And we think that's kind of cut a little bit of the yield potential off of the crop. So it's still going to be a very, very good crop, and it could approach record levels, but it won't be quite to the uh, levels that we had forecast as of July 31st, just because subsequent weather has been somewhat less than ideal. Townsend outlines a reduction in crop production yield loss. Well, I mean, we projected uh, sort of non-Durham wheat at about 32 million tons, but, we, you know, we think, again, that's probably going closer now to 30, 30 or 31 million tons. Uh, we had uh, canola at just over 20 million tons. I think the jury's still out on canola because, I mean, there's probably a bit of weather here that could, uh, you know, benefit or, or, or hurt it. But, you know, we probably stick by that number. Um, you know, we had Durham at about 7 million tons. And again, we probably stick by that number too. We're getting uh, harvest results from things like Durham right now and feeding into uh, FarmLink. And the Durham harvest results are, you know, supportive of where we see the crop coming. We've also seen lentil and pea uh, harvest data come in. We'd say the lentils are probably coming in a fraction lower than what we saw. And uh, the peas are coming in Again, probably a little bit lower than what we saw just because the finishing weather wasn't quite as as good as uh, maybe it needed to be. Townsend outlines the latest outlook on barley and oat crops. Oats we had, you know, they looked phenomenal when we did the crop tour. And again, we're getting some early results on oats in southern Manitoba and around Manitoba a little bit. And actually the yields have been holding up pretty good. And, and, you know, again, I think that uh, our forecast for, you know, about a 5.5 million ton crop for oats is is right in the ballpark. I mean, uh, you know, again, there's some time to go before the end of harvest, but we'll see that. For barley, like one of the things that came out of the crop tour is we were a little bit surprised. We saw less barley acres than what we thought we might, and uh, we ended up kind of cutting back our barley uh, acreage, and we increased canola a little bit as a result of the crop tour. Uh, but, you know, barley, it's very early harvest. And i got to say, we've got uh, more uh, harvest points for barley. We've got a, a bit in Alberta, a few in Saskatchewan, and a few in Manitoba. And they're coming back with somewhat, uh, you know, some are, are just like we expected, but some are coming in a little bit lower than we anticipated. So we were looking at about an 11 million uh, ton barley crop at the end of July, and we're probably at about, you know, 10.7 million uh, today. Townsend has more questions on the canola crop. Well, we haven't seen very many uh, harvests yet of canola, so we don't really know what the canola is doing. We, we're still, still seeing lots of visual representations of fields and people kind of commenting on the fields. And some have said, you know, it's 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 looking pretty good, and others have said they've noted a little bit of heat stress on it in in some areas. So we'll just have to watch what what goes on with that as we finish up the uh, the sequence this year. Townsend discusses the price outlook. Well, I mean, they're a little bit mixed. I mean, there's some good opportunities for, uh, you know, uh, oats still. I mean, uh, oats have been shown tremendous sort of demand, and uh, the prices, 
you know, aren't showing that much of a sort of a, a harvest pressure. Uh, canola prices have held up pretty good. I mean, canola has been in the news because of, uh, you know, people have noticed that volumes are going into China, both through the front and the back door. I mean, uh, we're mostly encouraged by the official like statistics of just, you know, Canadian shipping canola into China. And so the prices have been, you know, fairly good for canola. I mean, they've cooled down a little bit over the last maybe two or three days, but uh, that, that's encouraging. The one that sort of, uh, you know, has been a little bit underweight and, and a little bit under pressure is wheat. And uh, it's sort of a global thing. There's a bit of a global harvest pressure right now. There was pretty slow demand, but actually wheat in the last two days has sort of rallied on the futures. And we've seen about a 20 cent gain there. And, uh, you know, people are noting that, uh, you know, demand has reemerged worldwide. So, you know, eventually some of that's going to get to Canada because there's a smaller crop in the European Union, a smaller Ukrainian exportable surplus. So we're encouraged by that. Um, but, you know, wheat, wheat is the one that I think, uh, you know, people are understanding that globally there's a, there's a very large crop, uh, most likely an all-time record production globally, not just in Canada. And that, uh, you know, there's the band had been a little tepid up until the, the last few days. He says that recent storms are a bit of a concern. For people who are just poised to start to uh, harvest, obviously the rain can be a bit of concern. I mean, look what happened last year where we had that really like, uh, we had a struggle at harvest in a lot of parts of Canada. And, you know, we were still harvesting 2019 crop in 2020 because of the, uh, you know, detrimental weather we had during the last couple of months of, of the growing season last year. And I mean, one of the uh, other aspects in the market, and the market's still trying to digest this when you talk about the weather, is this uh, crazy storm they had roll through Iowa down in the U.S., which, you know, people are saying that upwards of 10 million acres have been impacted in some form. I mean, they're still trying to figure out, you know, is it a total write-off on some of them or is it just like a partial write-off? I mean, you know, it's not 10 million lost acres, but some sort of impact on that. And that, that really buoyed the market uh, on Thursday when, you know, otherwise uh, the USDA put out some pretty bearish numbers for, uh, you know, global productions and, and global supply and demand. Neil Townsend is the Chief Market Analyst at FarmLink Marketing Solutions. Tom. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Hey, Kara Oosteros here with realagriculture.com. We are back here today with another Poll School episode, and I have here with me Bethany Wyatt, who is a Senior Technical Service Specialist with BASF. So we are here today, as you said, harvest is starting in the southern part of the prairies. However, the uh, central and northern parts are looking at staging their pulse crops right now. So what are some of the things you can highlight, I guess, when it comes to staging and why it is an important thing to do? Yeah, absolutely. So... Every year we kind of have to re-educate even ourselves. We have to just remember again the proper timing and kind of the importance of of using a pre-harvest product. So I think the first thing to remember is identifying which product. There are a number of products on the market now um, and they a little bit of a different thing. So I guess it really is determining um, what fit um, the product or which product exactly you're looking for that field. So are you looking more for weed dry down? Um, you know, this year we did have a lot of later rains. We have a lot of later flushing weeds. So sometimes all you really are looking for is weed uh, dry down in those fields. 
But when it comes to pulses most of the time, um, being that they're indeterminate in nature, meaning that as long as they have the good growing conditions, they'll keep on growing, um, which of course that green material can hinder harvest a little bit. So are you looking for just weed dry down or are you looking for some crop um, help with dry down as well? Um, so really, again, it's determining what product um, you're looking for based on what uh, what's going on in the field. When you are actually staging those crops, what sort of visual things are you looking for? So one of the biggest things, like I said, with pulses being indeterminate is that a lot of the time you don't walk into a field and it's all uniform at the right stage. Usually you have those low spots that hang on, they're a lot greener, and then your hilltops are ripening. But ultimately what you are looking for is the vast majority of the field should be that brown to yellow staging. We, especially with certain products, we do not want to be going when there's any green because we should staging off of least mature part of the field, which is usually going to be those low spots. So we really are looking for um, the vast majority of the plants themselves are going to be turned from a green to a yellow to brown color. And then looking at the pods and exactly what the seeds will look like inside is another consideration as well. And how do pulse crops actually mature? Do they mature top down or bottom up? So they mature from the bottom up. Um, usually we know it's going to be ready for that um, application. Uh, again, depending which product, check the label, make sure that you are hitting that exact staging based on the product. But a general idea is that those bottom pods are usually going to be completely ripe. The seeds will be totally turned. The pods are going to be, or the seeds will be detached from the pods and they rattle uh, when you shake them. That's kind of a good indication. Um, that's how your bottom one should look. Um, and then as you move up the plant, it'll be a little bit less mature. But the most important thing is that they are still fully formed and they're firm and there's no moisture when you squeeze them or roll them between your fingers. So when you're actually staging these crops and can you talk about the importance of why we really need to actually do this? Absolutely. I think this is the most important point. Um, we know that the vast majority of our pulses uh, in Canada get exported. I think it's about 85%. So we rely heavily on those markets and really what comes down to that is MRLs or maximum residue limits. We need to ensure that we're not applying any of these products too soon because if we do, we can see those elevated levels of residue in the seed. And of course that can lead to market uh, challenges and rejections, which we don't want to jeopardize our markets anymore than they already are in this tough, tough world we're living in right now. Absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to tell producers when it comes to uh, this time of the year and getting ready for harvest? Um, I think it's just always important to really make sure you're not going too early. I think every year in my travels, I always see one or two field, a sprayer going in a field that I think is just that little bit too early. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watchers, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather today. 
mainly sunny with the wind southeast at 30 kilometers an hour, gusting to 50, becoming light late this afternoon with a high of 32 and a low of 13. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 35 and a low of 15. Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 60% chance of showers, high of 31, low 13. Thursday, sunny, a high of 31, and low of 15. Friday, cloudy with a 60% chance of showers, and a high of 29 with a low of 12. Saturday, sunny, high of 29, low of 13, and Sunday, sunny, and a high of 27. It's normally about 25 degrees this time of year, and the normal low is around 9. The sun rose at 5.51 this morning, and will set at 8.14 tonight. In around the province right now, in Prince Albert, it's 28 degrees, Saskatoon, it's 29, Swift Current, it's 32, Estevan, 30, Weyburn, 30, Yorkton, 27. In Mooshra right now, it's mostly cloudy and 28, and in Regina right now, it's mostly cloudy and 30. Back in a moment. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Filling in for Jim, here's Josh Sigurdsson. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal's Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com International team led by the Plant Phenotyping and Imaging Research Center at the University of Saskatchewan and researchers at Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has decoded the full genome for the black mustard plant. This research will advance breeding of oilseed mustard crops and provide a foundation for improved breeding of wheat, canola, and lentils. Co-team leader Andrew Sharp says the genome sequencing has been interesting work. Well, we've actually um, uh, been working on it for a fair while. We, we generated a, uh, an assembly with the older technology uh, a couple of years ago, actually. Um, and, and then this new technology came on the scene and... And what we decided to do was reassemble it using the new technology and then compare it with the old. So we have um, we have a very robust comparison between the different technologies, which uh, has allowed us to uh, uh, basically we can do the comparison and, and work out what the differences are between them and how much better the, the new uh, technology is. And, uh, yeah, it's something that both myself and uh, Isabel Parkin, who's at the Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada Research Centre here in Saskatoon, have been working on for, uh, for the last few years. Sharp says the research will be useful. The black mustard genome is, is actually uh, uh, a, a methodology that we've developed, uh, essentially a, a new recipe for generating a, a genome assembly um, using a, a new technology. Which, which provides very long sequencing reads. So what this uh, enables us to do is essentially uh, reduce the size of the jigsaw puzzle that is a, a genome assembly. So going from a, say, a 2,000-piece uh, puzzle down to uh, uh, 100 pieces, it uh, ma- makes it a much simpler objective to, to give us a, a comp- complete uh, picture of, uh, of of a genome, and in fact, it, it's a recipe that works uh, in in any species. Uh, it's 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 um, essentially a, a procedure which, uh, irrespective of, of of the DNA that you're looking at, it it works at providing a a much simpler uh, picture of, of of a genome. Sharp indicates it'll be used as a model for other crops like wheat, canola, and lentils. First of all, we hadn't actually uh, sequenced this genome. Uh, and then secondly, uh, it's actually very closely related to other mustard crops like Jonsera and Carinata, uh, and indeed canola. 
So um, it has relevance with respect to, to crops that uh, are grown uh, in, in Saskatchewan. Uh, uh, black mustard itself is a condiment crop from the Indian subcontinent, so it's important there, but it's less important here. But because it has this relatedness to, to crops of relevance, then uh, it actually has uh, significance uh, for us. Also, the, the genome is smaller uh, compared to these other crops, which for trialing this new recipe, this new uh, method, then it was a good candidate for, for doing the work. Sharp says the gene assembly for black mustard will help explain how it differs from other closely related crops. When we get these these assemblies uh, and we've, we've got these essentially larger chunks, it actually gives you a, um, a better picture of, of the differences between the different genomes. So it tells you about the how things have evolved, the, the evolution of, of uh, the genomes across the different species. So that's something else which came out in the, uh, in the paper. And then another interesting thing is because these reads are so long, they actually access parts of the genome that were previously uncharacterized. Essentially, it's like dark matter in the universe. Uh, uh, it's a, that's an analogy with the genomes. There's been these regions which we've not been able to access before because the technology has not, not been uh, there to do it, really. But this, this new method does that. Sharp says the end use is for crop breeding. That's right, yeah. It, it actually, because we get this higher resolution, we actually uh, enables us uh, to identify some genes which we couldn't previously uh, access. Uh, so we get a better picture, and ultimately that means we, we end up with a better relationship between genes and the, the traits, uh, essentially what the genes um, uh, are doing uh, with respect to how they impact traits. The sequencing will also help the fight against plant disease. It covers all, all uh, economically important agronomic trades, um, and whether it's insects, diseases, uh, fungal pathogens, or uh, um, environmental stresses like cold or, or drought, uh, it has relevance to everything. Sharp says the knowledge is already being applied. The method seems to be holding up well with the other crops, and. Uh, and there will be some uh, publications coming out in the future related to uh, uh, these other, uh, other other crops of interest, not just the um, uh, canola, uh, but also including wheat and, and lentil crops. Andrew Sharp is with the Plant Phenotyping and Imaging Research Center at the University of Saskatchewan. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. It's going to take several months to fully clear the backlog of feeder cattle in North America. That's according to Brett Stewart, president of Global Agritrends. He spoke last week at the Canadian Beef Industry Conference held online. Cattle slaughter is going to remain high. These backlogs can be carried for a long time. The packer is very good at holding those backlogs up once he gets them. It's really hard to get current again. And so it's just going to take time. That's going to weigh on us through 2021. Over the next couple of years, Stewart expects packing companies to install more robotic equipment. Human labor is risky. There's going to be a massive surge in innovation, not just in agriculture, everywhere. More standardization of carcass shapes and types. As we put more robots in plants, that's going to happen. Bigger discounts for out cattle, I would assume. Stewart says U.S. beef demand remains strong, especially with the possibility of even more government stimulus money in the lead-up to the November presidential election. There will be more stimulus. Through the end of this year, no politician will oppose it. 
as irresponsible as it is to just print trillions of dollars, no politician can resist it right now. Now, I don't know about next year. I think for now, the money flows, gets us through 2020. We start into a new election year, a new president, new Congress. I think the money gets tighter next year. So it might be 2021 we see those challenges. Stewart even expressed an opinion about COVID-19 and what's happening in the United States. It's just perpetual noise and confusion. And I think what's happened in the U.S., honestly, is Americans initially said, we'll lock down, we got to do what's right, we got to help each other, we got to try and fix this. And after four months of just mass confusion, uh, politicians all arguing about it, I think Americans have just said, you know what, we're going to kind of do what we're going to do. And so be it. Good luck trying to lock an American state down now. California is trying to. The second you mention lockdown, people just start rebelling against it. And this is why, is because the public does no, just no longer trusts what's being told. And it's frustrating, but that is the reality. Is It's a new virus. We don't know a lot about it. And everything is noise and confusion at this point. Brett Stewart is the president of Global AgriTrends, speaking at the online Canadian beef industry conference last week. Back in a moment. Um. The Market Updates on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornsson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you're a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola dropped two dollars and eighty cents at four forty one seventeen. Number one red spring wheat gained three dollars and twenty five cents at two fifteen. The rest were unchanged. Durham at two sixty six thirty nine. Feed barley at one sixty six seventy. Flax at five forty eighty five. Lentils at five forty seven fifty. Oats at one seventy one eighty two. Yellow peas at two forty four eighty nine. And feed wheat at one sixty six sixteen. Um, it's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holding in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. And now the latest Livestock Quotes. The Heartland Livestock Market Report. Tony Peacock reporting from... Swift Current Yards, cow market here on Tuesday. The good one's 90 to 95. Sale on some good hard cows, hard coming off grass, 98 cents per pound. Uh, and they average in 87 straight through. We are seeing some of the older grannies coming in wet. They're weaning the calves, keeping it at home. A lot of those cows bringing 70 to 75, what makes them look uh, Still pretty solid in my mind. Uh, you go south of the border this week, the cow market did drop. Uh, we certainly hope it can keep these great numbers on the Canadian cows. Into the bull trend, the bulls topped at 130. They averaged $1.17. Some of the beaten up bulls from fighting with the other ones through breeding season are in the mix of that average, and that's be bringing her down just a little bit. The feeder cattle, DLMS, direct Thursday sale off of the farm and ranches. We had some 1070 weight heifers at 165 and a quarter, and we had some uh, 980 weight heifers at 168 and 50, and they all out of the Swift Current region. That's the way it is in cattle country, Heartland Swift Current. 
And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Sig4 and Brandon is trading at $135.16. BP4 slash TCP4 and Moose Jaw is trading at $135.16. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. And now, the Resource Report, brought to you by the Foam Lake Combine Lotto. Win $225,000 in cash or three hundred dollars in combine cash. Ticket info at CombineLotto.com. Home sales in Canada hit a record in July as they jumped 30.5% over the same month last year. The Canadian Real Estate Association says the sale of 62,355 homes was the highest ever recorded in data going back more than 40 years. It says that continued a rebound from the lows of earlier this year when the COVID-19 pandemic froze the market. CREA says the national average price also hit a record $571,500, up 14.3% from a year earlier. Suncor Energy says operations will be impacted until at least early next month following a fire at its base plant mining operation in Fort McMurray. Suncor says the fire in the extraction area of the plant on Friday was quickly contained and extinguished several hours later and no one was hurt. It says bitumen that was already available at the plant continues to be processed, but it will be early September before it resumes mined bitumen production. Suncor says regulators have been notified and maintenance planned for the third quarter has been accelerated in advance of a return to normal operations. Operations. On the markets, Canada's main stock index posted a triple-digit advance in late morning trading as the material sector, which includes the big gold miners, powered the gains as the price of gold shot higher. The S&P TSX Composite Index was up 120 points at 16,634. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 29 points at 29,901. The S&P 500 Index was up 12 points at 3,385, while the Nasdaq Composite was up 91 points points at 11,110. The Canadian dollar traded for 75.73 cents US compared with 75.47 cents US on Friday. The September crude contract was up 54 cents at $42.55 US per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 145 this afternoon and an agri-news report at 345. Tomorrow morning, there's another agri-news report at 645. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Josh Dickinson. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.